शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवत की जय श्री भ्रमर गीत की जय और भक्तवृंद की जय और प्रणाम हरिहरि वो प्रणाम टू ऑल ऑफ यू श्री धाम जगन्नाथपुरी हेकेम शेयरिंग दिस रिकॉर्डिंग नॉट लाइव अनफॉर्चुनेटली बिकॉज ऑफ द डिफरेंस ऑफ लोकल टाइमिंग इन इंडिया एंड अदर पार्ट्स ऑफ द वर्ल्ड बट समहाउ नॉन लेस हैप्पी टू शेयर विथ यू वन वेयर और एन अदर सो वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग टुडे विथ आवर सीरीज ऑफ लेक्चर्स ऑफ श्री ब्राह्मण गीता टुडे इज मीटिंग नंबर ट्वेंटी वी हैव दिस एंड टू मोर मीटिंग्स इन फ्रॉन्ट ऑफ अस finish quote unquote at least officially the series of the song of the bumblebee so today we will be studying verses 61 to 63 from chapter 47 10th canto of the bhagavatam the last three verses the second half of the song of udav called udav gita the song uh, well he bids farewell from braj before returning to mathura but as usual first of all Let's make a brief recap of what we were studying last Monday, where we started to see the first part of the Udav Gita, as well as certain verses recited by Sukadev Goswami after, uh, basically, the Gopis replied to Krishna's message. So, in our fourth meeting of conclusion, previous meeting, we were studying verses 53 till 60, and there, after the last verse where the Gopis end there. Reply to Devan Krishna, Sukadev Goswami tells to Parikshit that the gopis finally were fully relieved or saved, we could say, because of certain messages sent by Krishna. And Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur clarifies here that actually the, the official messages that appeared in the Bhagavatam were not the, the, the only ones, basically, because till the last message that Krishna sent to the gopis through that, that appears in the Bhagavatam, the gopis reply, And the last verse where the gopis express themselves, they didn't seem quite relieved yet. And suddenly now Sukadev Goswami is saying, now the gopis were fully relieved. So Vishwanath Chakravartakur mentioned there were actually other messages sent by Krishna through that that do not appear in the Bhagavad. But Vishwanath mentioned some of them in his purports. And these were the ones who finally somehow relieved the gopis from their pain of Virahagni, of the forest fire of separation from Sri Hari. So being relieved in this way, the gopis worship Uddhava with gratitude for being a representative of their beloved. And Uddhava, in reciprocation to that, stays in Vrindavan for almost a year, like in between 10 and 11 months there, doing Parikram, and therefore establishing the standard for we, what we know today as Brajamandal Parikram, which implies visiting the different Lila Stalis, past spots of pastimes, and getting absorbed in whatever happened in that particular mm, sector of Braj. Mm. So he's wandering for almost a year like a bumblebee buzzing here and there, mm, totally intoxicated by drinking the wine of the Brajavasis Association. So Sukadev Goswami described how this whole year was spent very quickly. The whole year passed like a, a moment for Udav, for the Brajavasis. The two of them were fully enjoying their association and experiencing Krishna's presence back in Braj, directly there. 
So, before leaving Vrindavan and returning to Mathura, it is described how Udav offers six very important, famous historical prayers, songs called Udav Gita. Of course, he offered more than six, but these are the six that appear in the Bhagavatam and that are compiled. Sanatan Goswami quotes them, his Brihad Bhagavatam, and different Gaudiya Vaishnavas used to memorize them, recite them there, despite part of their sadhana and so on, where Uddhava establishes very important, conclusive Gaudiya statements about the superiority of Vrindavan conception of the Gopi's love, of the notion of Sri Radha above Sri Lakshmi, of Braja Bhavaikuntha, of Braja Krishna above Sri Manarayana and so on. And of course, all of this is being said by Uddhava, who is considered as the greatest authority to speak this type of things, greatest jnani, greatest sage, <clears throat> great devotee, who is pointing to the gopis as the greatest of all devotees. So in the first of these three verses that we saw last Monday, uh, he first is saying, among all persons of er- on earth, the gopis have attained the highest possible limit of achievement, of attainment. Their ultimate potential of, 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 of the atma, embodied atma, is to reach where the gopis have reached. And this attainment is hungered after by those who aspire for liberation, liberated beings, and devotees as me, basically. So he's glorifying the, the attainment of the Gopi, and basically then he says, for one who has a taste for this, for, for, for speaking about the attainment of the Gopis, the love of the Brajabhasis, Kim Brahmajan Mavidan Antakatara Sasya. And so what's the use, basically? of being born as a brahmana, what's the use of being born as Sri Brahma himself, or what is the use even of Vedic knowledge hmm, in the connection of uh, Dharma, Barnashram, hmm, Sankhya, Upanishadic statements, which lay far away hmm, from where Harikata can take us. Hmm. So these gopis have attained the ultimate apex of Ruda Bhava Mahabhava for Sri Hari. So this is the first verse which somehow contextualizes the remaining verses that are part of this Uddhava Gita, which remember, there's a second Uddhava Gita in the 11th canto where Krishna instructs Uddhava, similar to how he did with Arjuna. That's the second Uddhava Gita. The first one are six, these six verses find in this section. In the second verse, uh, Uddhava speaks with certain irony, if you will, saying that how amazing is that these simple cowherd village girls have attained the highest possible limit of love. Apparently, they, are, they seem to be degraded by deviant behavior, but they have attained such an apex, and Krishna's mercy is such, that it acts as a powerful medicine, which is effective even if you don't know its ingredients. So basically, here, Siyudha, Sriman Uddha used the term Vyavicharadusta, which means like someone, again, like corrupted by deviant behavior, behavior in this case of ladies, him, there Vishwanath speaks of three of them. A lady who has a husband but goes with her lover, the most condemned example. A lady who leaves her husband to go to his lover, to her lover, a not so condemned example, if you will. And a, a girl, a lady who leaves her husband to join Krishna in the context of him being a lover, Parakiyava, the most praiseworthy case and situation, totally hankered after by sadhus. Mm-hmm. So the point is, there's no deviation whatsoever in the Gopis Parakya, even though it may seem as some deviant hmm, uh, behavior. 
And similarly, Udev says this other thing, as a powerful medicine is effective even when smelled, even not even ingested, digested. Similarly, in my case, Udev says, I feel Krishna is giving me so much mercy by having taken me to Vrindavan and giving me the darshan of the Brajavasi's love, even though I'm not able to ingest such a medicine, but just remaining near them, like smelling the medicine, is totally creating conversion in me. Such mercy my master has shown, Udav says. And finally, the third verse we studied in our previous meeting <coughs> establishes the Kopi's superiority from another side. By establishing the superiority of Rasa Lila as the crown jewel of all the pastimes in Braj, and because it establishes at the same time the highest reach of the Gopis and Sriradas in particular love for Krishna. So in this verse, Sriman Udham Mahasai is saying, Krishna put his hands, his arms around the, around the Gopis' necks in the context of Rasa Lila. Such a favor was never bestowed upon Lakshmi nor upon the ladies of the heavenly planets and what to speak of the ladies from the material world. Hmm? So the goddess of fortune, Srimati Lakshmi Devi, the very epitome of chastity and purity and devotional uh, femalehood, if you will, hmm? she, the goddess of fortune, was not f- so fortunate as to receive such favor. Even when she tried to enter the Rasa Lila, as we shared the story, she was not able to do so, while the gopis did. Hmm? So this verse, um, as we will see some others today, established the superiority of the Rasa Lila, the superiority of the gopis above uh, Lakshmi. Actually, they are the Lakshmi, the Prema Lakshmis, Prema Lakshmis of Vrindavan. Very Gaudiya point again, establishing the superiority of Swayam Bhagavan, Braja Krishna, Narayan, and so on. So, a brief recap. We will continue today with the three remaining verses from the Uddhav Gita, verses 61, 62, and 63, from this 47th chapter of the 10th canto. So, I will recite each of them in Sanskrit first. And then we will go to the translation as usual. So the first verse says like this. Verse 61. Asamahocharanadenajasamahamsham Vrindavanikimapikulmalatoshadinam Jadustyajamsajanamaripatamchahitra Vejurmukundupadavim Shrutibhirvimrigyam Sri Yudhav says, The gopis of Vrindavan have given up the association of their husbands, sons, and other family members who are very difficult to give up, and they have forsaken the path of chastity to take shelter of the lotus feet of Mukunda, Krishna, which one should search for by Vedic knowledge. Oh, let me be fortunate enough to be one of the bushes, creepers, or herbs in Vrindavan because the gopis trample them and bless them with the dust of their lotus feet. So, this is probably the most well-known verse of this Udhav Gita, one of the most famous verses from the Bhagavatam in which the superiority, glory of the gopis is established by someone so glorious and superior like Udhav himself. He's explaining why the gopis are so glorious. What, is, what are those things that they have given up, which speaks about their detachment, which at the same time speaks about their attachment, because they are getting detached in such a comprehensive way from everything that is the most difficult thing to get detached from, that such extreme detachment actually is speaking about their extreme attachment, huh? in relation to whom, to which detachment is just but a corollary aspect. 
So they transgress, if you will, everything, dharma, society, opinion of the world, family, all the main attachments that tie us to this world just run after the flute call of Sri Krishna. And therefore, very importantly here, Uddhav will pray to be born in Braj. And he mentions three options, bushes, creepers, or herbs, something in that connection in Braj. So he can enter in touch. He can be stepped on by the lotus feet of the gopis and receive the dust from their lotus, their lotus feet. So let's try to unpack the context of this verse a little bit, not as comprehensively as I would like because we don't have enough time, but we will try our best. By quoting, as usual, the commentaries of our poor Bhacharyas, Sanatana Goswami Pad, Lajiva Goswami, Vishwanachaka Thakur, Sridhar Swami, and so on. Srila Sanatan Prabhu mentions to begin with that by observing the glories of the Gupis, by describing those glories in his own words, and by meeting the Gupis in person, Uddhav now is completely absorbed in the Gupis' special mood of loving Krishna. So here we find Uddhav especially affected and influenced by some scars gained in association with the Braja Gopis less than one day till now, as we know, but still enough. No, it's not about quantity, but quality. The, the power of samskar and how much receptive we are to that. So here we find a very fit combination among these two sides, Uddhav and the Gopis. But because of that, Uddhav becomes totally affected by the mood of the Gopis. We will see in which particular way. So Srila Sanatana Goswami but say that in this exalted state, Sri Uddhav has now discovered his true heart's desire which in this verse he prays to achieve as the final fruit of all the service he has done for Krishna. So he considers in full humility, if in, during all this time I have done something useful in the service of my master, Sri Krishna, then hmm, may the fruit of all that be the, what I am praying for here, to be born in Braj, as some of these so-called insignificant species in any of them, so I can receive this most significant food dust from the Braja Gopikas. So may, some of you may be reminded by hearing this prayer about Brahma's prayer. In Brahma's Stuti, after the Brahma Vimohan Lila, where he's praying to be born as whatever in Braj, to receive the dust from anyone in Braj. In one sense, his prayer is a little bit more uh, generic. Born as whatever, to receive the dust from whoever. Although, interestingly, we know he has some affinity for Sakyaba but he's praying in a more generic way here. Similarly, we'll see Uddhav has already Stayibab. This his case is different from Brahma. Brahma is a sadaka in, in the context of becoming a sadhana siddha. We know this pastime. While Uddhava is a nitya siddha who has already Stayibab and established emotional disposition towards Krishna. So in that sense, it's impossible for him to change that. So his prayer to become affected by the Gopis Baba, we'll see in which sense he's saying that. So Sanatana Goswami says that although this prayer by Uddhava is similar to that of Brahma, actually Uddhava's prayer is different from Brahma's, because Brahma does not have the service, the same type of service attitude of Uddhava. He says, since Brahma has four heads, he cannot remain in Braj for long. His four heads will be too much of a disturbance for the Naralila, human-like atmosphere in Vrindavan. There's no place for too much overtly extraordinariness. 
No? You can appear with four heads and Krishna's friends will joke on you for a while and then you have to disappear because if not, that will create too much of a rasabas or a disturbance in the natural cowherd village mood there. Therefore, Brahma is praying to a bird that something, somewhere, to attain the dust from anyone in Braj. A more generic type of approach. Udapsin, however, Sanatana Goswami but says, is praying for a service attitude like the gopis. He's not praying to become a gopi in Banjari or something himself, but he's praying with, for some service attitude like the gopis with a special bhava for Krishna. In other words, his main focus of service is Sri Krishna. He's in Dasya Bhava with some tinge of Sakya for Krishna in, in Mathura, eventually in Dwarka. So he's praying for a service attitude, or in, in other words, the intensity. He's not a, a, praying to attain Gopi Bhava again, but to become imbued with intensity, emotional intensity of the passionate feelings of the Braja Gopikas. And all of that may affect his own Stai Bhava, which is already fixed for time without beginning in relation to Krishna. And he's praying with full longing here. The very verse starts with the word Aho. So Aho generally indicates some lamentation, but with some greed for something very rare. So this is what uh, Uddhav is praying for here. Some lamentation in the context of feeling himself very wretched, very fallen in comparison to the gopi's love, but at the same time very like undeserving. I don't deserve this, but with lots of longing and greed for attaining that feeling this is a great grace that I receive through them and through my master Krishna who sent me here so I cannot but pray for that somehow may that bhava enter in my bhava and affect it although it's something very rare it's very much above my head but some greed has come by their mercy some commentators also mentioned that at this point Uddhav is thinking about touching the lotus feet of Sri Radha remember all this is in the context of the Brahma Gita and Brahma Gita is the main, uh, how to say, Brahma Gita will be the main um, act, if you will, of this section. So, <clears throat> so in this connection, Sri Uda with thinking, touching the feet of Radha, who, who has spoken this Brahma Gita. But the point is that we know that Sri Radha, so she won't allow any man to, ch- to touch their feet apart from Krishna. That's an important point that we have to understand. Buddha wants to touch that with reverence, with Ishvara, if you will, but we know that Sri Radha, only, the only person, not even Abhimanyu, has the chance of touching Radha's feet. Krishna himself is touching her feet. He is not touching anyone's, anyone else's feet, actually nor other gopis and so on. So he touched, Krishna touched Radha's feet, as Jayadev mentions, Dehi Pada Palavam Udaram, Krishna is putting his head on Radha's feet. He worships those feet, he paints those feet, he decorates those feet, he, hung, he prays to obtain the dust from Radha's feet, which is a very high conception of God himself surrendering to love, if you will. So in that sense, it's that Uda by spraying to become a bush or an hair, hair or something to enter in touch with that dust from the gopis in general and in connection to Sirada in particular. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his own commentary, 
he's mentioning here, paraphrasing Buddha, like, as it has been proved hmm, that the gopi's love is the most rare to attain, Buddha is thinking for himself, it will be proper to desire it. Hmm? Therefore, it was with lack of judgment that I have said, that Mahabhav, which those desiring liberation deliberated and devotees like me hanker after. And he mentioned this in the first verse of the Uddhav Gita. So he expressed, I desired it, Mahabhav. But now, Uddhav realizes, with proper consideration, let me correctly express my desire. This is too much for me. I cannot aspire for that. So let me be born as a blade of grass in branch. That's his ultimate, his ultimate petition. He will speak about being a bush, a creeper, or an herb, a blade of grass and branch. No? Why not, for example, a tree? No, the trees are quite tall mm, in branch. So it is said that they are quite tall, so it's difficult for them to take the dust from the gopi's feet. Mm. Therefore, they say that Uda first mentioned, like, again, shrubs, then creepers, and grasses, in that particular order, because they are successfully lower to the ground, closer to the ground. So therefore more capable to receive the food dust of the Gopis and Radha in particular. So his strongest desire, his last conclusive ultimate petition is, let me be a blade of grass, quite connected to Mahaprabhu's instructing us to Inadapisunichina, how to become like a blade of grass. So this also showing Uddhava's humility. And to make this point even stronger, some sadhus will mention that Uddhava is eternally residing on the bank of Kushum Sarovar in Vrindavan as a, as a form, as a one of these forms he's praying for here, as a gulmalat, as a creeper, as a blade of grass, in one place called Uddhava Kunda. As we say, mentioned the, the other day, last week, Lakshmi Devi, till, that, till now is in Belvan executing tapasya, trying to enter Rasalila, but she cannot. Somehow these type of ideas are made. Till now, Uddhava is there trying to, make his, trying to make his point, if you will, for eternity. Mm-hmm. So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur then continues mm-hmm. paraphrasing Siyuda and saying, Every night the Braja Gopis give up all shame, mm-hmm. the respectable upbringing and religious codes, which are as hard as thunderbolts to break, and run off to meet Krishna. And at the time of returning home, they are completely oblivious to as to whether they are following the right footpath or not. In that state, where they are totally intoxicated by prayer, they will place their blessed feet upon my head, which will be present here in the form of some blade of grass. As for now, Uddhav concludes, even though I pitifully beg for it time, millions of times, put your feet on my head, the gopis are not willing to do that. They are not willing to put their feet on my head. Therefore, my life will be successful only if I am born as a blade of grass in Vrindavan. Therefore, he's presenting this very intense prayer. Let me be born in that particular form. Even though it seems insignificant, it's totally glorious. This person, the greatest sage on earth, he's praying to be one blade of grass in grass. So what must be the position there? So, it's important to think for a minute about what he's mentioning here, how the gopis are dismissing, giving up, all those things that are almost impossible to live for almost every person, for the sake of Krishna. So the gopis have abandoned their families, all concerned with religious principles, 
only to engage in anukul seva, favorable offering of their self unto Krishna, even without expecting to obtain him. They, are, they do not have full warranty that they will obtain him. As we know, their situation is quite complex in Parakia. Many of them are married, so many obstacles. So they do not know we will meet Krishna, we will marry Krishna as they will like. But nonetheless, they are willing to risk everything, every single day, every single night, for serving the flute call, if you will. So lots of learn, lot to learn to offer us as sadhakas. So they are casting aside everything that is ordinarily valuable, pressure, precious, chosen themselves to devote, chosen to devote themselves to Mukunda Padavim, this verse says. Mukunda Padavim, the lotus feet of Sri Mukunda. Or, some of our acharyas mentioned, if we understand the word Padavim more literal, literally as referring to footpath, then therefore the conclusion is that Mukunda Padavim means that the gopis eagerly go out morning and evening to watch the footpath, the path that Krishna used to walk on when he went to the forest and when he returned to the forest and they will identify the markings of his feet and every single lila that is connected to every footmark, how he was standing and walking, all of that has some emotional connotation that the gopis can perceive through the eyes of their bhava. Also, an interesting notion here is bimrigyam. Bimrigyam here indicates that the Vedas can actually only strive to achieve the prema of the gopis, but they cannot achieve it. Vedas are after Braj. Therefore, even though the Vedas are universal teachers of all principles of dharma, religion, and universal spiritual knowledge about the difference between body and soul and different yogas, forms of transcendence. At the same time, it's totally fitting that the gopis take no heed of Vedic authority. And in fact, they are abandoning Vedic principles for the sake of obtaining that which is the most precious thing, which is something that the Vedas themselves can hardly obtain, basically. So the, Veda, the Vedas are merely seeking Krishna, but the gopis fully have him, fully possess Krishna. They are the personification. Leaving aside all dharmic religious consideration imposes the highest form of mystic union exclusively to Krishna. And as Krishna says in the Gita, reject all, all the things that the Vedas are saying and come to me. So this idea of Braj, while the Vedas and the Upanishads glorify Krishna after Krishna, the Brajabhasis have Krishna, possess Krishna more than anyone else. Says the Bhastanir Deshlok of the Krishna Lila according to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. All Vedas and Upanishads speak Krishna is the absolute, Krishna is God, but they are after him. While Jashoda, he says, no, Krishna is not God, he is my son. And, he, and she has him trapped in her lap. So who, has, who is more right of the two? Hmm? Who is more accurate in their conclusion? The Vedas or Jashoda or the Rajavasis or, or the Bhagavatam? That's why for us the Bhagavatam is the ultimate scriptural authority which is in one sense beyond the reach of the Vedas. Hmm? So Vedas say Krishna is God, Rajavasis says he is not. 
Vedas are after Krishna, Brajavas is fully give form to Krishna with their love. <laughs> so that, that's the conclusion for, for that's why this bears and the Bhagavatam that I just quote is considered like the Bastoner Deshlok, around which all the Krishna Lila is turning around, around circumambulating this notion of for the Brajabhasis, Krishna is not God, but they possess Krishna by the strength of that intimacy more than anyone else. So, at this point, one may question maybe, aren't all the devotees of Krishna equally glorious for having renounced their families or whatever else prevents them from approaching Krishna? And of course, the answer is yes, but at the same time, Buddha wants to make another point in relation to how the intimacy of the Gopis surrender to Krishna in the context of Parakyabhav makes them special. So the next verse, the penultimate song, is presented as a proof of this. So let's go to the verse verse 62 sorry, of this chapter, which is the fifth verse of the Buddha Gita. <clears throat> Yogeshwarerati Sadatmani Rasa Goswami Krishna Shetat Bhagavata Prabhadara Vindam Nyastam Sanisu Vijahu Parirabhyatapam Sri Udap says The goddess of fortune herself, along with Lord Brahma and all the other demigods who are masters of yogic perfection, can worship the lotus feet of Krishna only within her mind. But during the Rasa dance, Sri Krishna placed his feet upon this gopi's breasts, and by embracing those feet, the gopis give up all the stress. So somehow this verse resembles what is established in the third verse of this Udab Gita, where uh, Sri Udab Mahasaya is invoking the notion of Rasa Lila and at the same time the situation of Lakshmi and how the gopis by being allowed to enter the Rasalila in a much deeper and higher position than Lakshmi herself. So in this verse, Uddhava is glorifying the Mahabhav of the Gopis, which in this case he presents as inaccessible to other great personalities, starting with Brahma, other Devas, and including again Lakshmi, as I mentioned, so re-establishing the supremacy of the Gopis and Radha, in particular about Lakshmi, the supremacy of Rasalila above other any other lila. Hmm? The, the implication is Gupyastapaki Macharadas, the ladies of Mathura says in chapter 44. What type of worship must the Gupis have performed to obtain such a Krishna? Remember, every different form of Krishna is carved by a particular type of love from their devotees. So for the, when the ladies of Mathura see Krishna, such a beautiful person, they are wondering what type of worship the Gupis have performed. They, gain, they have him like nobody else has, has him. So after Krishna, remember, he's speaking, they are speaking about Rasalila here, Sri Uddha. So after Krishna left the gopis, at the beginning of the Rasalila, the gopis spent some time vividly remembering the very feet, those feet of Krishna, the ecstasy of separation. They thought about Krishna, they sang about him, they imitated his pastime, and they felt tadadmya, a mystical unity with Krishna's mood, and so on, and separation, maddening separation. 
So these lotus feet were the same feet that are worshipped by Sri or Lakshmi. But the gopis realized, realized Krishna's feet in a special way, as the feet that belong to the darling son of Nanda and Jashoda, basically, in a very, with a very different conception than that of Sri Mati Lakshmi herself. And the gopis took those lotus feet and took them to their breasts, to their hearts, repeatedly during Rasalila, and therefore the distress of the separation, forced fire separation was relieved. They were complete relief of that pain. Generally, this type of symbol, the gopis taking Krishna's feet to their hearts, are a very symptom of our image of Prem. And sometimes our church speak about Prem, they will quote one famous verse, the last verse from the Gopi Gita. Where the gopis are thinking, just by thinking about Krishna's soft foot souls walking barefoot on the forest every day, our mind gets so tortured by thinking how his lotus feet are pricked and hurt by little twigs and stones in the forest. So we suffer so much that we want to offer the softest part of our body, which is our breast, so he can put his feet there and experience some relief. But also, when we think about the softness of those feet, in comparison to our breast, our breasts still are hard and harsh and, and, and not very pleasing. But this is the softest part we have available, so what we can do. So in this way, the gopis are suffering by trying to relieve Krishna and provide him some pleasurable service. Sanatana Goswami, on his side, in his commentary, he mentions that the origin of the persons quoted here, like Brahma and other devas, some master of yoga and eventually Lakshmi, go from inferior to superior, starting from Brahma. So Sanatana Goswami says that because the, go the feet that the gopis worshipped were the feet of Bhagavan, in the form of Krishna. The gopis are superior to the demigods who are headed by Brahma. And because the gopis touched those feet directly, the gopis are superior to self-satisfied sages, Atmaramas. And because the gopis held those feet to their breasts, the gopis are even superior to masters of yoga. And because the association of the gopis with Krishna occurred during the Rasa Lila, the gopis are superior even to Mahalakshmi. So in this way we have, we have this type of sequence or hierarchy where the gopis are superior to everyone else, basically. That's what Uddhav is saying. Starting from the devas, Brahma, headed by Brahma, and all the other demigods, to all these different types of possibilities among masters of yoga and sages, and even up to the greatest lady devotee, generally popularly known as Lakshmi, above herself, are the gopis virada uniquely. So this is a similar notion that we will find in verse 10.38.8 of the Bhagavatam. You can look for that one as well, where Akrura is praying there, and similarly establishing the ultimate supremacy of the Braja Gopikas. So, that said, let's go to the last verse of the Uddhav Gita, sixth verse, which is verse 63 of this 47th chapter, and which is the verse that generally I recite before we 
we are about to finish each of our sessions of the Brahma Gita as well. Mandi Nanda Rajasrinam Padarinam Abhishnasam Jasam Haritatukitam Kunati Bhuvanatriyam Uda is saying, I repeatedly offer my respects to the dust from the feet of the woman of Nanda Maharaja's covered village. When this group is loudly chanting the glories of Sri Krishna, the vibration purifies the three worlds. So this Uddhav's last statement in the Uddhav Gita. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur paraphrases Uddhav here, where he is saying that he offers his respect again to the foot dust of the Brajagopikas continuously, as long as I do not get a birth as a blade of grass, as he prayed for before, which will make it easy to get their foot dust. So, as long as they are not blessing me with the birth, one birth as a blade of grass and brush, I will keep putting my head to the ground and trying to contact the lotus feet, dust feet from the Braj Gopis. So in this verse we find the word Padarenu Abhikshna Saha, which has to do that I offer my perpetual pranam to the lotus feet of the Gopis. So here we find the affix Sa, Abhikshna Sa. So Sa indicates, according to Srila Vishwana Chakravarti, but perpetually. So Uddhav engages in this divine exercise perpetually, not Vishwanath says not just three or five times a day, not like in a calculated, counted way. I offer some pranams per day to the last of the feet of the Gopis, but I project myself to perpetually engage in such a practice. Also, Padarenum, Abhikshnasa, Padarenum here, interestingly, is in singular. So with this, the implication is that Uddhav is trying to convey the notion that he, can, he feels himself not even capable of describing the glory of even one, only one particle of this dust from Braj. And that's why he uses the singular. He's not speaking about the dust in plural, the dust of Braj, but even one single particle of dust there, it's above my head, he's implying. He, the greatest devotee and sage who Krishna himself established and his own minister, but he's saying this, this land, this soil is made of such a substance that even the dust is qualitatively above my own head. That's what Srila Siddhar Maharaj mentions over and over again. The land of faith. We are trying to enter into a land whose dust is made of a substance that is categorically higher than our own constitution. So we should be ready to enter there offering our pranama, walking with our head on the ground and our feet up, basically like in Sirsasana, offering pranam to everything started by the foot dust. So Uddhava is saying this. Again, remember, Uddhava generally is declared that among Krishna's devotees, Uddhava is the best. He's famous for that. He has that reputation. Krishna himself says in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, hmm? Among the devotees, I am Uddhava. He always says this type of thing. Among rivers, I'm this. Among animals, I'm that. Among devotees, I am Uddhava, he says in the Bhagavatam. But here we find Uddhava praising and praying for the Gopi's supreme law. So the greatest devotee is pointing to a greatest, greatest devotee. So if the greatest devotee says so, like Uddhava, he must be correct. And since Krishna says, I am Uddhava, 
He, him, Krishna himself is saying the same thing, therefore. He, him, Krishna himself agrees with Uddhava's opinion. The highest type of love hmm, is that of the gopis and that of Sri Radha in particular. And Krishna himself would make that very clear in his appearance as Sriman Mahaprabhu, hmm, Sri Chaitanya Dev Jai, hmm, where he was just me, dedi- fully dedicated to systematically relish Radha's love and to spread that experience around the world hmm, somehow. Srila Sanatan Goswami Padi, in his own commentary, he very beautifully gives us a, a, a picture of the, to, to put in context, gives a proper stage for this verse. So he says, After thus taking great satisfaction from sweetly singing the glories of the gopis, Uddhava falls flat on the ground on the very path their lotus feet have touched. Picking a speck of dust from the path, he places it on his head as if it were the rarest treasure in the universe. And after offering again his prostrate ovations, he recites this final prayer. So again, remember what we spoke last week. It's so important to give ourselves some place for disciplined, contextualized imagination. In the context of Revelation, what we hear from Shastra, we have some place for imagining, for visualizing those scenarios that are being revealed to us by our Purvacharyas. So here the Goswamis are helping us in, in trying to make a clear picture of what was going on. It's not just about learning a verse, memorizing it, learning by heart, repeating that as a pirate, but entering into the verse, entering into the emotional content of each sloka, of each section of the Bhagavatam. And sometimes we need this, like the Goswamis are extending, expanding the stage in which the verse is mentioned. So in this way, Uttava is fully absorbed in ecstasy, Srila Sanatana Prabhu continues, to the point that he is not, even though he can see the gopis were reciting this last verse, he is speaking and offering homage to them with deep reverence, as if the gopis were not present, basically. Like in third person, the gopis of Raj and they are there. Or also Sanatana Goswami, as we already mentioned, says that Uddhava is speaking indirectly in third person about the gopis out of respect, indicating the gopis' great position. Or he may be speaking indirectly because the gopis, due to their natural humility, will be ashamed of hearing direct glorification of them in their humility and they feel themselves with ordinary village ladies, nothing more than that. So they will not tolerate like someone like Uddhava will be praising them in the way he's doing. So some of the possibilities of why Uddhava express, express this verse in third person. And full humility. Uddhava is being totally like immersed, basically drowning in an ocean of deep humility by having darshan of the gopis love and by remember by thinking about the grace that Krishna has shown to him by sending him to Braj. So Sanatana Goswami further paraphrases Uddhava Thus, he's saying, I am completely unqualified for such direct service to the Lord as the one the gopis are offering. Uda thinks, I will simply offer respects to the gopis to attain such bhava. Or, what qualification do I have to sing the glories of such persons? I offer respect to one particle of their food dust which has fallen somewhere. In other words, Uda was so much again, and by, and by, by humility that he feels 
is not even worthy, I'm not worthy even to offer pranam to the gopis directly. So I will perpetually offer pranam to one particle of the dust of the lotus feet. And that's even above my head. I have to begin somewhere. What to do? And also by extension, he's offering Bandinanda Brajastrinam. Pranam to all the ladies in Vrindavan. Sanatana Goswami also mentioned that Uddha was saying, I offer respect to the feet of the woman of Braj. What to speak of those women who are dearest to, dearest to him? Because all Braja women are related to these gopis, I offer respect to all of them. Of course, all women in Braj are gopis mostly, but here he's glorifying the gopis who serve Krishna in Madhurya Bhav, Parakya Bhav more specifically. But since the other gopis somehow are connected with the gopis here, therefore Uddhav is praising all the, all the women of Braj, Vandinanda Brajasthrinam. Even some uh, indigenous, if you will, tribal ladies like the Pulindis and other tribes from the outskirts of Raj, they are glorified, included in this notion of bonding and the Brajasthrinam, for having some connection with the Gopis. So, and, and the verse concludes by saying, Uda was saying, and the, the Kirtan of the Gopis is so powerful that the three universes are blessed by it. So, apart from glorifying, glorifying the Gopis Kirtan as the best here, Similarly, there is some similar statement in 46 chapter, 46 verse of this 10th canto. Apart from that, what Uddhava also implies here is that any suitable praise of the gopis, such as the Uddhava Gita, the prayer he has just sung, actually constitute in fact the most excellent form of Harikata. In other words, there is some gradation of Harikata, if you will. We're going to speak about more introductory basic Harikata, or we may not be even speaking directly about Hari himself, by establishing the foundational cornerstones of, of, of our Siddhanta, speaking about Tattva, philosophy, and some introductory notions to lay the foundation for the temple of divine love of Baba, Rasa, and Lila. So eventually, we will be able to speak about Hari more directly, and specifically about Krishna Braj, and specifically about his devotees and the love of his devotees for him, and the different degrees of love, objectively speaking. So, in this sense, we can speak about different levels of Harikata, as much as we go enter and have the Adhikar, both the speaker and the audience, for, for describing in detail Lila, Bhava, and Rasa, and so on, which all of that has to be presented in a tasteful way, you know, in the context of Tattva and Siddhanta as well. So, such glorification, it is said that of the gopis, or such glorification, uh, such Harikata basically can easily purify the three worlds as Uddhava is hoping to do by speaking these verses. In other words, his Uddhava Gita, his Harikata, his glorification of Rajabhav, Gopibhav, is in itself the highest form of praise, which blesses, purifies the whole world. Sometimes this notion is there. All these planetary systems are sustained by the Harikata of the saintly people. All the planets remain in orbit, in their orbit, only by the presence and songs and prayers of saintly of sadhus. If not, Bhumi Devi and other presiding deities of different planets won't be able to deal with the burden of, of sinful activities and so many degradations, especially in this particular age. But due to the Harikata and so on, the whole galaxy is being blessed and sustained, basically. So, that said, some brief words about the remaining three verses and with this completing our Uddhav Gita. 
But I would like to share if you give me permission during some minutes, some further words as a conclusion to this Uddhav Gita. So in this way Uddhav, just before leaving Vrindavan, he spoke these six verses here, praising the gopis with full tears of love, trembling, voice, choked, throat. He presented like again, drunk, drunk word, bumblebee, his glorious Uddhava Gita. Sanatan Goswami very nicely described this condition and how Uddhava was affected by the darshan of the Braja Gopis and Radha in particular and the Brahma Gita in particular. Remember, this is like an extension of the Brahma Gita, like an epilogue of the Brahma Gita. Sanatan Goswami said, by displaying the all attractive transformations of their Piraha Bhav, of their uh, loving separation, basically. The gopis deprived Uddhav of his wisdom by vanquishing his sobriety. <laughs> so Uddhav came to Braj like a very sober sage, equipped with Gyan, with Aishwarya, with Siddhanta, but his sense of conclusive knowledge here became upgraded. He was thinking Krishna's God, Brahman, Paramatma, but when meeting the Brajavas, he realized there is something more to it. And he came like a very sober minister of the Prince Krishna, but he ended up being like for a year, like a crazy guy fellow, like a one word buzzing, like a bumblebee drinking the wine of the Brajavasis Katan Association. So all this happened by his Sangha especially, with the Brajavas and with the Gopis in particular, and with Sri Radha even more specifically. And Sanatana Goswami mentions in connection to Uddhava witnessing this Mirahabhav, the ecstasy of the, that the gopis feel in separation from Krishna makes the whole world cry in sympathy and brings Vaishnavas to the verge of death. Because the gopis themselves remain in the verge of death, so Vaishnavas empathize with their condition, follow in their footsteps, and the whole world cry in symphony with that, in sympathy. Since the whole creation, Sri Lila has as a background, rather Krishna Lila. So in this way, Brahma Gita is concluding here, although Brahma Gita officially lasts for 10 verses, which we already studied, but if we want, we can speak of an extended version of the Brahma Gita, which includes hmm, the Gopis reply to the Brahma Gita, hmm, I mean, Udab's messages, sorry, Krishna's message through Udab, in reply to the Brahma Gita, the Gopis reply to that message, hmm, and now Udab's prayers, Udab Gita which could be, in a more generous way, become part as this extended natural consequence of the Brahman Gita. So this Uddhav Gita that we have just finished basically represents these hurtful prayers from Uddhav to the gopis expressing gratitude, his gratitude, appreciation, and aspiration, as we mentioned even. He wants, he's a very unique case, he has a style up, he wants his Taibab to be affected and upgraded by association with the Brajavasis. So we're, again, as we mentioned, he's the most exalted Vedic scholar, a very confidential friend of Sri Krishna outside of Raj. But he here is praying with folded hands, may the gopis bless me. In some lifetime, maybe not in this one, in some lifetime with their foot dust, if by chance I have to get the chance of being born in Braj as a lowly creeper. So in this way, Uda returned to, to Krishna, as we will see in the next lecture, in the next session. He returned to Mathura, having received very powerful samskar, having experienced some epiphany, 
moment, some conversion, if you will, especially from Sri Radha, more specifically, especially from the Gopis and more specifically from Sri Radha. So before finishing, I would like to share with you some verses from Sri Brihad Bhagavatamrita, which are not including Uddhava here, but it's a dialogue between Narada and Gopa Kumar. Narada Muni is the one speaking here actually. But all of this is very connected to what we are seeing here. To what to how Uddhava was transformed by being a witness of Prem personified in the form of the Brajavas and Sirada in particular. So let me share. These are verses just in case. 226 till 234 from the fifth chapter from the second canto of Brihad Bhagavatamrita for those who would like to read them. So I will read the first ones here. So Narada is saying to Govakumar, Dear brother, those who know Prem recognize its Swarup. Its external symptoms such as trembling arise from melting of the heart. For those who have Prem, the blazing conflagration of their agony is like the nectarian water of the Jamuna. And the Jamuna becomes like the burning flames of a fire. <clears throat> to them, poison is like nectar and nectar like poison. Death, death is happiness and life becomes full of misery. Because of Prem, one cannot clearly tell the difference between union and separation. One cannot distinguish whether Prem is full of the greatest ecstasy or the worst, worst anguish. When Prem matures, one inevitably acts from time to time in the ways of an utter madman. And without such Prem, not even the nine kinds of Bhakti, Travan, Kirtan and so on, to Lord Mukunda can bring real happiness. Indeed, without Prem, the nine kinds of Bhakti are like vegetables without salt, an elaborate meal without hunger, scriptural study without understanding, or gardens without fruit. I am saying something general about this Prem, but it cannot be described in full detail. How can I adequately tell of the nature of Prem, the woman of Braj, for Krishna? When Krishna went to Mathura city, the cowherd women were plunged at once into a state more intense than the fire of universal annihilation. The cause of this state was Prem. This condition is the Swarup of Prem. Do not desire further information about the Swarup of Prem. Sanatan Goswami, his purple kind of extends the last part saying, by describing the details, you and I will have danger of entering a special state. We may even die. So after giving this general description of the nature, the Swarup of Prem, we have two more verses remaining, 233 and 234. The Narada says, says to Gopakumar, if, you, if, you, if ever sorry, you meet Sri Radhika, then you will see Prem in person. And if ever she speaks about Prem, only then can you hear the truth about it, if you are able to understand it. So here we are getting closer to what actually Buddha himself has gone through. Sanatana Goswami comments on this, mentioning that by seeing a person with such Prem, as Buddha did, you will realize it directly. If it, is, if it is possible that Radha describes that friend, then you will hear about its nature, composed of the highest bliss and the highest lamentation and suffering, if you have the ability to hear it. Like implying, this is not an easy task. 
whether to describe it, to understand it, to hear it. Radha cannot describe this Swarup of Prem. She, since she is always in a state of great ummad or madness, by the manifestation of the highest continual love. Another person who has Prem will not be able to speak about Prem, since he or she will faint because of his Prem. <laughs> the Swarup of Prem will be understood from directly seeing the characteristics of that great Prem which manifests in her at all times when you see her. So again, this is what has happened just now to Uda. He had witnessed Radha Prem in full measure, full-blowing state in the Brahma Gita. So now he's returning totally affected by it to Mathura and further will affect Krishna himself there. So in the last verse of this section of Ram Brihad Bhagavatam, Rita, verse 234, Nara says to Gopakumar, after having said, remember, if you ever meet Siradika, then you will see Prem in person, and if ever she speaks about Prem, only then you can hear the truth about it if you are able to understand it. And now, now the last verse says, Or should there be ever, or should there ever be a full incarnation of Sri Krishna Chandra to distribute pure Krishna Prem? Or if Srimati Radhika appears and attains a realization of that Prem, you might be able to understand it. Hmm? So you may imagine what's the meaning of this. Sanatana Goswami himself comments here. Says, if Krishna were to appear and distribute prem directed to him, which is similar to what was described, or similar to Radha's prem, or even better, he says, if Radha were to appear and attain a realization of that prem, then you will understand. So, of course, conclusion here is Jai Gaur, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, which is that full incarnation, Mahavatar of Sri Krishna Chandra. Mahaprabhu, who is not an avatar, but is Swayam Bhagavan himself, distributing Krishna Prem, which none other avatar is doing. Krishna Prem Pradayati. That's the, the Leela of Mahaprabhu. He's tasting and distributing this Krishna Prem. Or, then the verse says, Israda herself appeared to attain a realization of the Prem, which is a way of saying Mahaprabhu again, because Mahaprabhu is Krishna, but in the mood of Srirada, trying to taste the fullness of that Radha Bhav, and as a consequence of that, sharing that, overflowing and sharing that with the world. So, by the grace of Sriman Mahaprabhu, we as sadhakas, Raganuga sadhakas, have the hope and opportunity to understand that Prem by witnessing that Prem in those sadhus, members of our Parampara, who are uh, bearing witness to that Prem that is coming from the line of Sriman Mahaprabhu, Panchatatma, his associates, down in Parampara. And by Sri Guru's grace, we have the chance of witnessing this type of great personalities affected by that and have the hope to understand something about this Prem. So again, we see how nicely this section of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, which is totally connected to the, what we have been sharing in the Brahma Gita, makes full circle and lands at the feet of Sriman Mahaprabhu, which is the conclusion of the Bhagavatam, if you will. The high point of the Bhagavatam leaves us at the feet of Sriman Mahaprabhu. So, once over and over again, as Gaudi as we are to engage in this type of discipline, connecting Krishna Leela, Gaur Leela, seeing this Gaur Leela as the highest fulfillment of the need person in Krishna Leela. So, in this way, Udab Mahasaya is 
before leaving Vrindavan expressing his gratitude to the Gopis for this Sudab Gita by your manifestation of love and separation again he has witnessed that especially in the case of Srirada he's feeling you have been so great merciful to me showing all these varieties of Mahabhav expressions such as Chitrajalpa, Dibyan Mad, crazy talks, divine madness and if you, Udab says to Radha if you, especially Radha, had not experienced this separation from Krishna, had not sung this Brahma Gita, Krishna would have not sent me here. He sent me here because he knew that you will be experienced that and I, may, and I, and I could t- witness that and be totally blessed with that. Mm. So if you have not did that, I would not have observed this great wonder, Chamatkar, this, I would have witnessed this height, high point of the Brahma Gita. Mm. So in this way, Buddha describes the extent of his good fortune. So it is described by some of our church that this pastime where Uda was singing the Uda Gita before leaving Braj occurred during the mid-morning called Purbanalila between 8.36 a.m. till 10.48 a.m. before Uda's return to Mathura. Next class we will under- explain that. But before finishing, let's offer our pranam to Sriman Uda Mahasaya because due to him also we we have witnessed many of these wonders and we have heard from his lotus lips also the great Udav Gita. So we will invoke one verse from Raghunadas Goswami's Brajavilashtava, verse 99, where he offers along this book pranam to different inhabitants of Raj and interestingly he includes Udav of one of them because he, he, had, he became an inhabitant of Raj in his own way. So I will quote this verse first in Sanskrit and then we will go to the translation, it says like this. Purna primar sais damuradipur, Gostam Hurjivayati Ayatam Kila Pasha Krishna Mititam Murna Bahamyotavam Sri Dasko Swamiji says, Sri Uda Mahasaya, who is always filled with flavors of love for Murari, both as a servant and friend, left the Lord's lotus feet, although they are dearer to him the billions of life earths and stayed in Braj for ten months, consoling and reviving the Brajavasis by saying, Look, Krishna is coming back to you. I carry this Sri Uddhav on my head. And last but not least, we will invoke again this last verse of the Uddhav Gita where Sriman Uddhav Mahasaya offered pranam to the food dust of the gopis and to their kirtan perpetually putting his head on the ground since that kirtan has the potential of purifying the three worlds and therefore he prays with the hope of being touched sprinkled with such thing bandi nanda brajasrinam padare namabhikshnasam yasam harikatod gitam punati thank you so much for your time and presence as usual and since I'm not record, trans- streaming this lecture live, there is no place, unfortunately, for live questions. But you can leave any question you have 
in, in the threads where this uh, streaming will be public, this video will be published, and we will continue our conversation along the week. So see you next Monday. Srila Gurudev Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Sri Brahma Gita Ki Jai, Sri Uda Gita Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Dinda Ki Jai, Gaur Prima Tribu.